Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded, recently hitting 6 million listens. Support us by buying a copy of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a small donation. In return, we'll give you the chance to nominate a guest and even win lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. Find out more at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin. Welcome to this special series dedicated to Slow Wine held in Bologna in March 2023. During the fair, we conducted several interviews with some very exciting producers. We were able to pull out some of the more interesting elements of Italian wine within the slow wine movement. Tune in each week on Italian Wine Podcast. Hello, my name is Stevie Kim. We are back. We're still in slow wine in Bologna, day one. And I ran into a friend of mine. I usually used to see him at airport lounges. But today we're here in Bologna. Of course, he is. He looks like Ernest Hemingway. That's his doppelganger. That's Italian look. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not Ernest Hemingway. This is Francesco Marone Cinzano. Is that correct? Did I say it in Thank the right you. order? Wonderful. Three names. Wonderful. Three names. Yes, yes. Of perfect. course, he is the principal of Coldorcia. So we're talking about Brunello. As the big one. So, t- just two questions. The first one is, how has the pandemic been for your company in general? How was the business? The business uh, never never stopped. Uh, we were really lucky. We never had to close the uh, the cellar, the winery. We did uh, harvest, vinification. We had people that fell uh, ill at some point, but uh, no, nobody creating a problem for, for the work. So we're very, very lucky. Yeah, so paradoxically, I guess because of especially those who are collecting wines, the consumption of prestigious wines, especially the premium wines, have increased dramatically during the pandemic. It seems like a paradox, but that's actually what happened. Is that correct? Very much so, very much so. Especially Brunello, we saw Brunello depleting all the stocks in, in the various countries. Not a bottle left in, in any warehouse. It was a big surprise. So, of course, Coldolce is a historic winery. Can you give us a little bit of, in terms of the size, contextualize the size, the number of labels that you make? Yes, well, the total estate is 540 hectares. Mm-hmm. So it's huge. It's, uh, it's big. It's yeah. really, really a big estate. It's 150 uh, hectares of vineyard. Mm-hmm. I've been planting a little bit more what I've been allowed. I've been uh, replanting the old vineyards. That's uh, wine side. Then I have 200 hectares of uh, woodland, of natural woodland. So we have our biodiversity basin, mm-hmm. so to speak. And we grow other crops. We grow tobacco, grains, uh, some, some fruit. We have... Uh, our animals, we, uh, we have turned back the clock to before the introduction of chemical products in agriculture uh, and uh, went back to managing the land as a farm on which people can live out of the produce of the, of the land itself. So there seems to be this whole ecosystem, right? It's a habitat. It's right. a habitat for people um, and for wildlife and for the animals we breed. So, you know, there's this big word right now the, it's, the, it's kind of the thing to say. The word is sustainability. So for you as a principal of this, you know, habitat and as a winemaker, what does it mean to be sustainable? 
it's it's a huge uh, area. It goes from the environmental sustainability, which uh, the, the best expression is the organic certification, and that does, but that's only one part. In Italy, for instance, uh, when we talk about sustainable, the first uh, thing we think about is uh, environmental. But if you take Northern Europeans, for instance, Scandinavians, they, they are now very much uh, careful as to social sustainability. Last year, when we, uh, the uh, Slow Wine Fair took place, it was announced that in Italy, unfortunately, 70% of work contracts in agriculture do not satisfy all the rules on security for the workers and on uh, salary and pay. So there's a lot to be done from a social point of view integrating the suppliers, integrating the, uh, the workers that uh, come only on a seasonal basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in between there are all, a whole lot of sustainable uh, practices that need to be... One that uh, struck me uh, was the, the fact that, for instance, uh, one quarter of the carbon footprint of a bottle of wine is represented by the glass itself, by the bottle. Yes. By the glass bottle. Have you done huge. anything lately to change the weight of your bottles, for example? Well, we, we have even reduced the weight of the bottle. Uh, there is a parameter of 420 grams, which is uh, required by certain uh, monopolies in, mm-hmm. in Canada as well uh, for wines below $30 per, per bottle. You have right. to keep them. So I've lowered the content of glass down to 360 grams from, from 420. So yes, we have always worked, but even before people were attentive to the weight of the bottle, we have always uh, used uh, light bottles uh, to uh, have a lesser impact on okay. the environment. So I know you're a very busy man, so we're going to sign off for now. Where are you located? You're in either two in pavilions. Toscana. In Tuscany. Number number 20. 20. In yes. Hall 20. Hall 20. Actually, I think you're in Hall 15. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So go check out Col Dolce with Mr. Marone Cinsano and check yeah, out his Brunello wine. Brunello 2018 and Brunello 2015. So two vintages, two vintages, 18 and 15, Brunello di Montalcino. So check it out from the historic estate Col Dolce. That's it. Ciao ragazzi. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.